What? Where where are you? We're in flipping Kansas. Um, we we were supposed to record our. I told you not to call me unless we're working. <laughs> I don't understand why you can't. Do just listen. You just want me to do this intro by myself? You're just pissed because I make more money than you. Why would why would you bring that up right now? <laughs> yeah, it's Jared Hogan. Um, apparently someone here wants to know where his edit is. I think you're uh, getting behind on your edits. Um, okay, well, it sounds like you guys are having fun. I'm going to just go take care of the podcast, I guess. Okay. You know what? I, I'll, I'll, can I be real for a second? Okay, here we go. This season of good is sponsored by Kessler Crane, manufacturers of innovative tools for filmmakers. Make sure to check out KesslerCrane.com. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E.com for more info. This season of good is also sponsored by Musicbed. Musicbed has been changing the game when it comes to music licensing for filmmakers through curating the best indie music in the world. We personally use them all the time, so make sure you do too. For more info, check out musicbed.com. Now here's the show. Hey everyone, my name is Jared Hogan. And I'm Christian Schultz. And this is good. Season two, episode four. It's uh it's just me guys. It's just Jared. I am uh sitting here in my um basement office um thinking about the Oscars, thinking about Moonlight and um what a crazy night it was last night. And uh you know, I really just wanted to talk to my friend about it. Um but Christian is like you heard off in Kansas somewhere doing something. So Anyway, it's just me, and um, you know, I was sad that Christian couldn't join us for this conversation, but uh, I was thrilled to be able to talk to uh, a great director, amazing director, and uh, yeah, now friend. I got to hang out with him when we were in LA uh, in January, and um, his name's David M. Hellman, and uh, he's an amazing uh, music video director. Respect him a lot. David has worked with. Uh, some amazing artists, including uh, Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah, Skrillex, Vancouver Sleep Clinic, James Vincent McMurrow, The Weeknd, Gucci Mane, Travis Scott, and uh, you'll hear him talk a lot about um, working with with Vince Staples um, several times. And uh, yeah, it was a thrill to get to talk with David and uh, to kind of hear a little bit behind the scenes of how he got started and uh, kind of where he's headed. So without further ado, uh, here's our conversation with David. Um, okay, so what are you working on right now? Right now, um, well, I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, I've been pitching on a lot of videos, but, um, you know, the holidays are coming up. So, like, right now, like, everybody's, like, kind of stopped. You know, like, I feel like everybody, yeah. like, around the beginning of December kind of just checks out. Um, <laughs> I but, felt it. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's weird. Like, I, like, it's like, I feel like my emails just dramatically slow down at the beginning of December. And then... Um, which yeah, is like a blessing. I, yeah, it's but. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, like, uh, I'm always trying to, you know, we're 
then Staples and I are always trying to figure out like the next thing and like, um, yeah. you know, when he's going to put out some new music and all that, like we'll probably start, start putting to together some videos and not even just videos, but just like these little, uh, visual projects that he wants to put out. Um, yeah. How did that know. relationship start? Um, it's kind of a funny story. I, I, so my editor actually, Nick, um, he was cutting a lot of his stuff, both his music videos and um, his like live visuals. And mm-hmm. I met, I met his manager because his manager had seen a short film I had made. And originally, I was supposed to do a short film with Vince in it because um, you know they're trying okay. to they're trying to build Vince into an actor, and and you know um, he's been like kind of showing up in movies here and there. Um, yeah they wanted to do something kind of more dramatic and uh it's seen a short that nick and i had made and and i had this meeting with Corey, and that's his manager and uh from there um the short just kind of kept kind of like we kept developing it and then nothing happened but then uh they had they found some money to do another video off their last album which was uh lift me up and um yeah we uh i was just already talking to them and we already kind of felt comfortable together so i pitched an idea and then uh, we just kind of ran and shot it. And then from there, you know, like they kind of keep their their people close. Like they don't they don't kind of go the normal commissioning route. Like they kind of just like working yeah. with similar people over and over again. And um, yeah, so like ever since then, like anytime he has something that has to have some sort of accompanying visual, like we we have a conversation about it and five time. And and if he's if he's down for the idea, we do it. And if not, whatever. And uh, but it's cool. He's he's. He's one of the rare artists who really, really cares about his visual, like his videos and like how he's, yeah. how he's, um, you know, like, for example, for like Gucci or Travis Scott, like, you know, I had two to three hours with them, you know, <laughs> like I don't, Jeez. you don't have, you know, like, and I think you're naive if you think you're going to get a 12 hour a day out of, you know, an artist that that's, of that's, you know, size or scale or, you know, um, yeah, but with Vince, you, you get 12 to 14 hours. He, he like commits everything and like, that's amazing. And that's how like, you know, when we did the GTA video, which was all motion yeah. control and like, we were basically just, we'd shoot a performance plate with him and then we would shoot, you know, dozens of plates of cars driving in circles and he'd be sitting yeah. there for like an hour. <laughs> He's like, what, what the hell is going on? I'm like, dude, it all makes sense when you see it all together. And he just had yeah. trust in me, but like he has the patience to do it. And like he, he gets it. Um, and he, he just has a respect for what we do, which I, I think, you know, is yeah. like, again, like once you find somebody like that, you don't want to, you don't want to let go. You just want to keep making videos and you want to do better for them too. Cause they actually, they care. they care. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of addicting. I would imagine yeah. just like working with somebody like that as opposed to whoever else. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he's one of my favorite artists anyway you know like uh, even if he wasn't so yeah, yeah if, even if he wasn't so awesome to work with I, you know i would still fight to keep working with him but it's kind of the perfect storm of good things and i don't want to mess it up so yeah yeah well i have to ask you um just because uh i have to uh tell me about chilling with harmony kareen <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was kind of a funny way how that kind of un- like unfolded um so basically i flew out to atlanta from new york and we were like a day out from shooting and there was this whole time like you know leading up to the shoot that kind of like every other hour we'd find out like Travis Scott is coming and then we'd find <laughs> out Travis Scott is not coming and like 
it was just like so annoying because you know I was working with uh, Mike Reagan, the DP, and, and we would yeah we would like scheme of how we would shoot it with uh, like with Travis, and then as soon as we found out he wasn't there, it's like okay, well now what do we do? <laughs> and yeah. um, he was just like you know like it was just one of those situations where you're just like dude, like somebody just tell me what's happening, and then I can like devise a game plan here. But um, the problem, so at the very last minute, we find out he's not coming. And all this like whole time, even before all this drama, I was sending my EP uh, pictures of, of Harmony and Gucci because I, I knew that they were close from, you know, Spring Breakers and like, you know, yeah. the Supreme stuff they've done. And, and I was sending her pictures of the two of them, just kind of like joking, like it would be kind of funny if we got a cameo with him. Yeah, um, yeah. And as soon as we found out Travis wasn't showing up and it was unsure if I would even get a reshoot with Travis at another time, um, I was super bummed. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, I, I was like, okay, like, what can we do? What can we do to like fix this? And um, basically Laura, my EP was just like, well, what about Harmony? We should, we should, we should reach out. And I'm like, absolutely, like, let's do it. So I, I, get, I get Harmony's email and, and I, I email him and I'm just like, hey, man, like incredibly huge fan, like really random situation. But I'm doing a, a video for Gucci and the other artist uh, is, is unavailable. And I was wondering if you could come out and, uh, you know, be in the video and potentially maybe if, if you're down could you possibly perform some of Travis's parts? <laughs> I just really liked the idea of yeah. having Harmony Crean as Travis Scott in the video. Um, yeah. And within like five minutes, he emails me back. He's like, dude, I'm down. Like, what do I have to do? And I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, like this, this might actually happen. And, um, That's amazing. you know, so like the next day we flew him out and, uh, he, he shows up and he's like literally like the coolest, nicest dude in the world. And, um, so game for everything. It's just unfortunate. Like there wasn't enough time for him to really memorize the lines or the lyrics of the song. So yeah, it just turned into like this kind of like hype man <laughs> role, which I really liked. Anyway. And, um, and like, even when we were watching monitor, like <laughs> harmony was just cracking up. So it was Gucci. And they're just like, who's this little Jewish dude smoking a cigar in your rap video. And um, yeah, yeah. So then that happened. And then actually what, turned out to be a good thing is that Travis is actually a huge Harmony fan. And then when he saw that he was in the video, he knew he had to be in it. So then we got the reshoot. That, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh my gosh. it was, it was pretty, it was extremely lucky. And like, it's all because he's such a like down for anything weird or, you know, like as soon as he saw the treatment that it was like going to be something a little bit different, he was down. So, um, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And ever That's since awesome. we've been texting since the video, we've been no just like, like, just like the YouTube comments about him are the best. <laughs> like if the like love or hate the video, like that video was worth making just to see people ask, like, who's this Man. white guy in the video? Like, did he sell them that car? Like, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's pretty hilarious. But um, yeah, Dude, yeah. YouTube comments, uh, it's, it's amazing to think that people actually exist that write those youtube comments i know man i know i've had that conversation <laughs> like who who does it like i've literally never written a youtube comment in my life like i have <laughs> never felt the obligation to but uh they exist yeah, um yeah. okay so let's let's back like way up um yeah so like when did you decide like i want to i want to make 
films? Um, I guess for me, like a, a lot of it kind of came later. Like I was in high school and I, I took like a, a video course in high school. And the problem was, is I was like a freshman when I took it and all the kids in the class were a lot older. And yeah. I just kind of got put into the role of like, basically they put me in videos and like they made me run around and do stupid stuff in them. And I never really <laughs> learned anything, but yeah. um, I always loved film and I was always kind of like a visual person like not just film but you know like graphic design and, and um sure and commercials and like I, I just really loved anything um visual and 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 I ended up kind of falling in love with movies I, this is kind of a random story but like I don't know if you remember this but there was like one summer where Blockbuster started this thing where like you paid them like a flat monthly fee and you could oh, like, yeah. flip out movies, and um, yeah. and like that's not a new idea at all. But at the time, that was so crazy, and I was like, oh my god, like you know, I can rent two movies every day and just watch them. And like, I for yeah. like an entire summer, I did that like for two months straight, and I would rent two movies a day, and then like you know, flip them out every day, and I just got this like crash course on all things film, and, and uh, I knew I wanted to do something in film, but I wasn't really sure how to do it you know it felt so distant like I didn't know um how to really even start so I kind of thought the only way to do it was through film school and out of high school I applied to film schools all over and I, I didn't get in anywhere yeah. um, and I felt super where, deflated. Where, where were you at the time where did you grow up I, I'm from Orange County which is like an hour south okay. of LA um okay and uh so I, I applied to all these schools didn't get in anywhere and um I kind of thought like, oh, that's it. Like, I'm done. Like, that's not going to happen. Uh, like, you know, that's yeah. how naive I was. I didn't know that there was another way or if there was any other sort of path to doing it. But um, what happened was is I, I ended up going to a community college down here and um, basically happened into this amazing little film program at this community college that had, wow. you know, at the time, cool equipment, you know, like a DVX and like, you know, just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, we had HVXs with like those, those like red rock lens adapters and like, you know, like those we were, right. yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> I, I, and like the whole culture of that, that program was really cool because it was like, I don't know, like I felt like there, it's kind of, <laughs> it's run by this, like one dude, his name's Charlie Myers and he's like this, this like blue collar, like chip on his shoulder professor that like taught us like you know kind of like us against the world against like the the major film schools of like you know like we don't have all the fancy stuff but what we do have is like you guys work harder than all those kids and like you know it was like this whole thing of like yeah you know, <laughs> call our film school and like i bought into it heavy and and um you know i it wasn't like the greatest like film course like it was like you know kind of a crash course they would teach you all the basics right away like you would learn how to like use the DVX and like set up C stands in the same day. And then from there, <laughs> yeah. like the next week you'd learn final cut and that was pretty much it. And then it was like every week you had to turn out like a little short film and, um, you know, it was kind of teach yourself as you go along. And I really fell in love with editing. Like I, I, I really dug final cut and just messing around with that. And, um, yeah, from there I just started making little shorts and, um, you know, it was kind of getting to a point where I was trying to figure out um, if I wanted to either start working. Like, where I'm from is actually, like, where Red started. So, like, okay, yeah. um, they were actually kind of, like, 
like scouting our school for students like to, to work there. And I kind of was faced with this, like, should I go to film school or should I start working at this camera company, which was brand new? Like, I didn't know what it was, um, yeah. but I knew it would be kind of something cool. Um, but I took one last stab at applying to film schools and I got in. So I ended up kind of doing that. And, and I went to a film school for two years. And um, where'd you go? I went to uh, Chapman University. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, it was cool, but like, even that was kind of just like, like I ran through the whole program just because it was so expensive. I mean, I, I was lucky that I got like a scholarship to go, but like still yeah. expensive school. And like, I just wanted to make sure I got in and out and like, you know, didn't walk away with like an incredible amount of debt. So I went, yeah, sure. I ran through that program and, uh, I, I, you know, I still wanted to be an editor. I thought like, that's what I really wanted to do. And I remember sitting and there was like an orientation for that film school and they're showing us like all the best films that Chapman had made. And I was sitting there and I was just like, I kind of think I can direct something better. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I, I felt like, you know, like I, I just was like, I, I not like, not even in like a ego way. I was just kind of like, I feel like I'm not going to spend all this money and, and be stuck editing somebody else's bad movie. You know, like if I was going to make a bad movie, I wanted to be responsible for it, you know? Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I kind of like dual majored in edit and editing and, um, directing. And, uh, from there I, I graduated really quickly, got all that done. And I made a thesis that, that went around to some festivals and kind of, you know, just, did the normal little route thing and nothing really yeah. came of it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then I was back to like square one and I was just trying to figure it out. And, um, actually an f- old friend of mine from community college had opened up a little like, um, commercial production agency thing. Um, that was kind of okay. like an all in one, like produce like small commercials for, for, um, you know, like we did a lot of stuff for like, lot of Stussy and like, like a lot of surf skate stuff. And then, um, even like some magazines and stuff. So I started editing for him and then, yeah, that's when I started like, you know, trying to figure out the next move. Yeah. Well, um, I did have to say one thing, um, (laughs) just talking about Blockbuster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, I've missed Blockbuster. Me too, man. There's something about like, I remember being younger, I guess, you know, like you and I, you're, how old are you? I'm 28. Okay. Yeah. I'm, tw- I'm 29. Um, there's something about, I mean, just people who like didn't ever experience that, <laughs> like go, going to like on a Friday night, like with your family and like chilling and like walking around for like 45 minutes and not being right. able to make a decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, there's something that's like, it's, it's way different. Like when I, so I, you know, I'm, I'm like in like early, early development on like trying to get a feature off the ground and, um, it's, it's really, uh, sad to like, uh, be like on Apple TV or Netflix or whatever, and just like be scrolling through films yeah. that took people like years yeah, <laughs> to yeah, make yeah. and like yeah. get a budget for it. But there's something about being at Blockbuster and like seeing it like physically and it's like not there forever, you know, it's like on the wall and then maybe it's like, it's not there anymore and you can't right. watch it anymore. Totally. There's something yeah. about like that, that I really miss a lot. Me too, man. And I thought too, like, it was kind of like. I don't know. It was kind of like the center of a community too. Like you would, you would go yeah. on like a Friday night and you would bump into like all your friends and like, 
I don't know, like that, that, like there's incredible benefits to Netflix and all that. And the streaming services are incredible. And like everything is so easy to, to watch. And like you can watch movies that you would never find at a blockbuster, but like, right. Still having that option of like going and like accidentally like stumbling into to a friend who recommends a movie or this or that, you know, it's such a cool little space. Yeah. yeah I, I miss them too, man. It's sad and to it's see. It's never like, going to come back. It's never no, going to happen. No. I mean, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Totally. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So, uh, you start doing commercial stuff. Um, did you, uh, when did you make the transition from like being an editor and editing like people's crappy stuff to like, <laughs> I want to make my own crappy stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, so I had a friend from high school who he had moved to Boston for college. His name's Connor Lockman and he was promoting shows out there. And he actually, he was promoting a show for this hip hop artist named blue and okay. Blue was like, I think at his house and they were, they were just talking about film and stuff. And he, he mentioned my name and, um, showed him my thesis film, which I don't know why he felt like he should have done that, but he did. And, <laughs> and Blue, for some reason saw something like he was like, Oh, this is, this is cool. Like, you know, like give me his contact. And, and, um, Blue started emailing me and, and, you know, I, the funny thing is he was emailing like an email address I hadn't used in like four years. And <laughs> on like, on like a whim one day, I like reopened that email address, like email account. And I saw like 10 emails from this guy named blue. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I realized like, it was this like hip hop artist from Long Beach who wanted to do a video. And, um, at the time I was just cutting stuff. So I, I was just like, huh, like that's, that's interesting. Like I'm, I'm down and you know, I, I end up meeting him and he's, he seems like a cool dude. And, and we start to figure out how we're going to make a video. And, and, you know, um, he, uh, he actually, honestly, he's the one who came up with the idea for that very first video I made with, um, wow. with rough mercy, which was, he sent yeah. me, um, he had found this like animated gif of, it was just like of a girl's face and it just had like all these, scribbles and like all like all this animation that that just kind of like like was thrown on and it just looped yeah and um he's like what if we did this for a whole video and i'm like yeah that could be that could be cool but like i i don't know how to animate man like i don't know how to do that and um that's how i ended up finding rough online but he had never actually mixed live action with animation like all this stuff was purely yeah. animated so i yeah. sent him that gif i'm like dude like do you think somehow if I shoot something and then, you know, give it to you, like if we could like collaborate on this thing and make it work. And he's like, yeah, I think so, but it's going to take me forever. And I was like, all right, well, let's figure it out. And it, you know, we ended up shooting this video at my work <laughs> in the backstage. Of, we had this little <laughs> yeah. white psych wall and I borrowed like all yeah. of my, my work's equipment and we shot it for nothing. And um, rough worked on it for a couple months and the, the, like the, the funny thing is, is that, so we finished the video and we send it to, to blue, just be like, Hey man, like here it is, it's done. And at this point, yeah. like I didn't, you know, I was totally oblivious to like the Vimeo community and all that. Like I, I really wasn't in touch with that world. So like I had just yeah. put it public on my Vimeo and I sent it to him. And Blue, like, long story short, Blue's crazy. Like, he's out of his mind. And, like, he, 
he, he just said like, oh, great, it's done. And he sent that link out to all the blogs, all the hip hop blogs. So my Vimeo account became the official like release of the video. So it drove all the traffic to my page, which had like a bunch of like random like you know, things I had edited for clients and stuff on it. Yeah, like, right. And, but anyway, it became like the official link for the thing. And then like, I'm sure that's kind of how we ended up getting the staff pick for it. But um, yeah, yeah, he's he's just kind of a nut. He's awesome. I love the dude, but he's a little crazy. Um, and then that's kind so of where did that, that What did that lead? Yeah. So, you know, I did that one video um, with, with Ruff and, you know, that the whole thing kind of felt like more of like, kind of like, you know, we co-directed the thing. Like it's so, so heavily, uh, animated that, you know, he deserves more of the credit for that than I do. And we actually submitted that video to the UK MVAs. And, um, at the time, again, super oblivious to the entire industry and the whole space. I just submitted it. And, um, I didn't know that there were like different categories. Like there's like, a you know, there's a, a category for major videos, you know, like actual budget videos. Yeah. And then there's like this like low budget category. And I just submitted it to the main budget thing. And we actually got shortlisted and like got <laughs> nominated for best urban hip hop video. But like in the running was like Romaine Gavris's like um, No Church in the Wild video. Oh my gosh. And I just felt like the biggest fraud in the world, man. Like I was just like, (laughs) this was shot in the back of my work on a 5D and like, but anyway, like that, that, I think that nomination really helped a lot. And then, um, I didn't know, like, I didn't know anything about production companies. I didn't know anything about reps. I was literally just like making stuff on my like nights and weekends. And, um, from there, like people started hitting me up for representation and, you know, and I, I did that whole thing for a minute and, uh, you know, it was, it was a big learning curve, man. I had never written a treatment in my life. Like, and like people were like asking me to pitch on things. I'm like sending ideas over email and they're like, yeah, like, can you put this in a treatment? Like, I, don't, I don't know what a treatment is, dude. Like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, you know, and I remember sitting down with like one of my first EPs and like her showing me like what a treatment was, you know, like I had never, I wasn't yeah. operating in that space at all. So for me to like, kind of just dive into it was was a bit overwhelming um yeah sure but uh yeah from there it kind of just snowballed and i think especially if you do like a hip-hop video like that that kind of that genre like all those artists are so like in touch with like who made a cool video who did something interesting and um, yeah it's really easy to kind of just keep doing hip-hop videos over and over so i had to make a conscious effort to kind of branch out After the break, we talk more with David about how music videos saved his soul. But first, a word from our sponsors. This musical break is brought to you by our friends at Musicbed. Bed has partnered with legendary Sun Records to bring new life to thousands of recordings. 
Sun Records Library includes classic songs from artists like Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, and more. They've uncovered rare and unheard songs from blues, country, rock, and soul artists, like this track, Before the Next Teardrops Fall, by Big John Hamilton. You can license this vintage song and many more on musicbed.com. And remember, take 20% off your next purchase. Just use the promo code GOOD at checkout. For more than a decade, Kessler Crane has been designing and manufacturing innovative tools for filmmakers, including camera cranes, jibs, motion control systems, sliders, dollies, tripods, and other camera accessories. They also have a commitment to making products in the USA. For more info, go to KesslerCrane.com good. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E.com slash good. Also enter the code GOODPODCAST during checkout. Save 10% off your entire order. Now, let's get back to the show. Okay, so um, I'm curious. Uh, I'd like to kind of dive into, you know, people are emailing you and, and um, you know, representation is now like an option. What did that process look like for you? Like what were things that were important to you uh, as you're trying to make that decision? Well, yeah, I mean, I've been signed to a few places now. And like, honestly, the first time, like, I didn't even know what they were like what the deal was, you know, like I, I was just like excited yeah. at the idea of like people giving me opportunities. So I was just like, yeah, of course. And I didn't do any research. I didn't know who these companies were. Yeah. And I just kind of, you know, and like a lot of these, these agreements are just handshakes. So, um, yeah. the first two places I signed with, there was a company in the UK I signed with and a company in the U S and they're both smaller little production companies. And, um, you know, I, I kind of just went with the first people who emailed me, you know, like, yeah, I, I, right. dude, like, I, like, I, I guess I don't know how to like explain how oblivious I was at the time. Like I was really just like <laughs> winging yeah. it, you know, like, it, like just super grateful at the the fact that like people, you know, were interested in, in my work. Um, so I just went yeah. for it and, you know, like very quickly I realized like, Oh, like this isn't exactly what I thought it was. And like, you know, like, a lot, you know, and like the videos I was, um, like just in terms of like taste of artists that I wanted to work with and like, yeah, sure. Um, you know, like up until that point, I think I had really only done a couple of videos and they're all people that I was either like a fan of that I had reached out to. Like after blue, I did a video for Joey badass that I I was a big fan of at the time. And, and, um, you know, that, that was all made for like 2k and like, right but it was worth it for me because I knew at the end of the day, like the music was something I, I, I was into, but, um, you know, when like, when somebody sends you a brief for like a POD video in 2013, <laughs> you're just like, dude, like, I think, I think we're operating in a different world here. Like this isn't necessarily what I want to do. And, um, yeah. you know, so like that happened, but, and I don't know, like I was still, it was weird. Cause I was signed to those like little companies, but I was still really kind of just doing my own thing. Like I was, I was still yeah. reaching out to managers on my own and like trying to like continue to, to, to work with people I wanted to work with, even though I was getting sent these ridiculous briefs. Um, and <laughs> I then got hit up by a company that was a little bit bigger. And like, I looked at the roster and it was a lot of directors that I had just then started to get into. Like, again, like when I made that first blue video, man, like I was, I, I was totally unaware of music videos and like the directors of the time and like all that stuff. Like I, I kind of learned it as I was like making things, you know, like, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know I wasn't making stuff with the 
kind of awareness of what was being made around me. I was kind of just operating in my own little space. And um, yeah, yeah. But then once I started getting into it more and like, you know, studying the filmmakers that were doing interesting stuff and like, you know, I signed with a company called Pulse and they had a, yeah. you know, Khalil and Young Replicant and all these guys that I really looked up to. And um, I thought it was like a good culture fit. So I, I, I signed there and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like from like, you know, that's kind of in different stages now because it's like I signed to those companies in the beginning because, you know, I, I was just like hungry to start. And then when I signed with Pulse, it was kind of like, you know, like I, I kind of want to keep doing videos, but like the, the with the artists that I want to do them with and they helped me with that. And then yeah, yeah. from there, I, I, you know, I, I signed to a different company after I signed with Partizan recently. And like part of that is to hopefully, you know, to, to kind of move into the commercial space. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Um, did you <laughs> did you make a conscious like it doesn't sound like maybe it was, but did you make a conscious decision to be like, I want to do music videos? Or has that kind of just been like the trajectory that's kind of happened naturally? Oh man, that's a hard question. Because like, no, like, because honestly, the first one that happened, like, when I left film school, like, it was like, how am I going to make a movie for like ten thousand bucks? Like, that was really like what I wanted yeah, to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when that first video landed in my lap, I was like, I think too, like, it's it's at least for me, like, because my parents are super blue collar people and they like love to work and. I think I kind of yeah. have that in me a bit where I just, as long as there's something for me to like be doing all the time, like I'm, I'm satisfied. Um, yeah. and what music videos provided me was like, just like a constant deadline of things that needed to get done and things that like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I, dude, like I went to a film school that had 47 directors graduate, you know? And like, there's yeah. only a handful of us that are still directing anymore. Like, and I sure. think a lot of it has to do is like once you leave some sort of structure where there's like deadlines and things need to be delivered, it's really hard to find the motivation to like start and finish something. And yeah, music videos definitely, you know, like even though there was no money and like it really like was kind of a looser style of filmmaking that I wasn't used to, um, it, it gave me like it, it, it made me responsible to finish things for other people and like you know, other, the, the people that I was making things for that I respected. So it, it provided me this kind of like construct to keep pushing forward and keep making things. Um, so no, I, I had no intention of making music videos, but I'm ultimately super grateful and glad I did. Cause, um, yeah, I don't know what I'd be doing, man. Like so many of my friends just ran up to LA and they, they kind of like got stuck in jobs that, that drain their soul, you know, like it's like a lot of those <laughs> yeah. entry level you know, production jobs are like, like there's a good reason why they can't make anything. It's because they get home from work and they're just exhausted, man. Like they don't have, you know, yeah. like the the kind of mental capacity to do it or like the, the energy. Um, whereas I got lucky that I happened to fall into a job that A, helped me with like gear to like shoot stuff in the beginning and B, you know, was right. like kind of low stress and I could kind of, you know, still commit to my nights and weekends to do other things. Yeah. Who are, um, you know, I've got like my, my list, um, who are like artists that you're like, I would do anything to make a music video for you. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. It changes all the time. Uh, I think right now, like I what's, would love what's like to the do... non, what's like the non changing, uh, bands or artists. Do you have any that like never leave the list? Dude. I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> I think, I think like uh, obvious answers, like I think like Radiohead, like obviously, but again, like, 
I don't know if I could handle the pressure of making that video, you know, like that, <laughs> that's, know. that's like, I think if that came across my email, I'd be like, dude, I'm, I give it to somebody else. Cause this is, <laughs> please, <laughs> this is, this is too important for me. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, um, I don't know. Like there's like a lot of, a lot of it too is like, I really like filming particular art. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but like I kind of bounce between narrative and performance a lot. And I, I think, Whenever I'm yeah. given the opportunity to work with an artist that I think has like a certain kind of charisma or energy, like I really am attracted to that. So like, yeah, yeah, you know, like for as ridiculous as doing a Gucci main video might seem on the brief, like I think Gucci is like one of these like super yeah. unique people, and like what he brings to the camera is something like nobody else brings. And the same with Travis too is like you know they have this energy and. um I, I don't know, like I can get really uh, fixated on that. And a lot of times it doesn't even have to do with the music so much as it's like um, these, these, these yeah. people that I want to film. So it's, it's interesting. I've um, kind of like the more like talented artists that I've been able to work with. Uh, there is something that kind of happens and, you know, it can be music, music video or like even just like really talented, like actors or actresses, but like um, to see people like transform in front of the camera is really right. interesting. Right. And uh, I see that a lot with musicians where it's like, you know, you like shake their hand and be like, what's up? But then like when you put them in front of a camera and you get them to like do what they do and like right. see them like really transform into like a performer, it's like so like, it's it's amazing to like kind of see that happen. Yeah, man. I'm with you. Like all of that, like it's, it's, I don't know, like, I don't know how to put it, man. Like sometimes... Uh, it, it kind of goes twofold though. Cause sometimes you can end up getting stuck with an artist that, that isn't super comfortable on camera yet, you know? And like, right. Um, you know, and a lot of times it's like working with newer artists that, that haven't necessarily done a lot of, um, performances either on stage or on, in front of camera. Um, and it's tough because then you have to start to figure out like, you know, with music videos, improv, like, you know, you improvise everything. Like a lot of the, you have one day to figure it out and like, you're going to make compromises. Yeah. You're going to improvise. And a lot of times like for performance videos, for me, it's like, you don't know if the video is really going to work until you see it kind of unfolding in front of you on camera, you know, yeah. like, like, <laughs> yeah. like it's especially true with performance. And, and, you know, I, I, I've done some videos where like, you know, like you start filming the artist and you're like, Oh my God, like this, we're gonna have to do something else. Like something else is going to have to like kind of yeah. carry the video. Cause, um, you know, some, some artists have it and some don't. And, and, um, you know, like whether that's moving the camera or doing something that kind of like, um, kind of keeps, keeps like, like for example, like Vince Staples, like I could literally shoot him against like a white wall and it would work, you know, like he has the charisma, yeah, yeah. he has all of the cadence, you know, he's just like a magnetic person. So when yeah, you watch him, yeah. it really doesn't matter. And I thought like, there was like that Lord video that came out a few years ago where it was literally just a close up on her face. And you're just like, Oh, that's all that's this video needed to be, you know? And she's not even performing yeah, the song. Right. And it was kind of a great kind of case in point of like, some people have that kind of, um, uh, what's the word kind of magneticism or that, that screen yeah, presence. Like that, presence. Um, yeah. 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 Um, sometimes when you're working with newer artists, it's, you have to build something around it that then, kind of carries it and, and 
So yeah. with music videos, you know, it, it tends to be what you described, which is, <clears throat> at least in my experience, yeah, it's like you're making stuff. I'm obviously going with the plan, but like, yeah, it's a lot of of improv like improvisation. And um, I'd I'd be curious to know like uh, just your personality. Um, do you tend towards that, or are you more of like a planner, or do you know like where you fall in that spectrum? I think I mean I I feel like all the videos that I've I've been most proud of making came in with like a strong plan, you know, and like I I, I don't think yeah especially with me, like, I, I don't think I can totally, um, wing an entire video on the day. Like, uh, that's just not, yeah, sure. it, it can't sure. like, it's just bound to like fail. Um, but what I do think is, is like you, you construct the concept and you construct everything, um, with breathing room to move and like to, to, to kind of yeah, sure. float within that world because, that's the other thing too, is like, you know, once you start, that's what music videos have taught me is like, I think before when I was doing strictly narrative stuff of like, you know, shooting the pages and shooting, making sure you're covering the right. story, but like almost, almost too, uh, sterilized, you know, where you're, you're kind of just trying to like, uh, collect moments that, that, you know, you thought need to, like that you're, you're stringing together to like make sense of the script, but when you're doing music videos and like you throw a script away, um, to be so one-sided and to like only see, um, your own concept and how you wanted to do it and not be open to the things that are presenting themselves on the day. Like you're just shooting yourself in the foot, man. Like if like, if something really special is happening and like, you just are like, Oh, well that doesn't really work for what I'm doing right now. You're kind of throwing away, you know, like things that, that could totally elevate the video. And a lot of the, great things and a lot of the things I'm proud of in my videos are, are usually um, happy accidents, you know, like things that just kind of happened on the day and you, you kind of, you were lucky enough to swing the camera and grab it. Do you have an example of like a really great happy accident? Um, well, this is kind of like a longer form of it, but like the original, like I did a video for Joey Badass and like that video I pitched again before I knew how to write a treatment, I was pitching in an email and I... I didn't know, like, I didn't really know how to pull it off. Like, I don't know if you've seen the video, but like the idea I had was that it would be this mix of, of both, uh, HD and, and analog in the same frame. Um, and when I pitched it, I was like totally unsure of how to do it. And then I kind of just kept lying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we'll figure it out. Like after we shoot, so we shoot, we go to New York, we shoot it, we bring it back. And I'm then just like sitting in front of my computer, like, oh my God, like I have to deliver something that I, you know, pitched and I'm not entirely sure how to do it. Um, <laughs> and so I just started with one shot and rotoscoped him out and like cut him out of the frame and then laid back the red footage to a VHS tape and then recaptured it, yeah. flipped it underneath. Um, cause originally the idea was that it would just be an image that looked like something between the two. It wouldn't be such a clear cutout. Um, yeah. and so then I slipped it underneath and I was like, Oh shit, like this works. Like this is something that I don't think I've seen yet. And like, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but like, it was just kind of a moment. I was like, Oh, this is great. But this, this one shot took me about two hours to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, yeah. like yeah. how am I going to do this for a four and a half minute song? Um, <laughs> and, uh, 
No, but that, that totally was something where I, I, I kind of went in with some sort of blind faith of an idea that I had, but like no real clear idea how to pull it off. And then finding a way to pull it off and being open to the idea of changing the concept slightly to do something almost more interesting, you know? And then, um, yeah. And like, there's, there's a million other examples of just things that happen on the day that you just, you know, that are, that are working. And, uh, I know a lot of people that I probably went to school with probably wouldn't be so open to shooting that they would, they'd be more fixated on what was on the page rather than what was happening in, in real life around you. So. Um, how have your, uh, treatments uh, matured over the years? (laughs) A lot, man. Like, um, yeah, no, I mean, luckily, like, even though I didn't know how to, I didn't, hadn't seen a treatment before. I I knew how to use InDesign and I knew how to use like Photoshop. And, um, so like the learning, like to, to start writing treatments didn't take me too long to figure out. But, um, yeah, no, like now especially with music videos and and like a lot of stuff that I'm doing now is like, I try to make sure that I I have some sort of, um, you know, like that I get on a phone call with the artist or some, some sort of human connection before I write. Cause what I found Mm -hmm. I was doing was like writing all these pages of, you know, not a lot of dialogue, but a lot of images and like trying to prove the imagery in the, in the treatment because I didn't know who the artist was. I didn't know who the commissioner was. I was just kind of, throwing this thing into the abyss and hoping that they liked it. Um, yeah, sure. But now like I, I really try to get them on the phone to kind of tell them the idea um, and then provide kind of a simple like four page thing that, that yeah. kind of just like solidifies the idea with some images and then uh, you know, then they have a better understanding, but yeah, no. Um, I try not to, to go overboard with my treatments anymore. Yeah. I don't know. How is it for you, man? How do you, how do you write treatments? That's a great question. <laughs> um, yeah, it's similar, man. I, I don't know. Um, just it's, it's interesting hearing you say that you call the artist cause I've never even thought about doing that. I mean, I, I don't know, like, especially now where like, I'm trying to work with people that I like, you know, artists that I've worked with before. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like the, the initial, like, like the first, like when they open the treatment, I hope that they have some sort of understanding about what they're about to read before they read it. You yeah. know, so like, yeah. um, and also because like, I think a lot of times like, like for me to make music videos, like uh, what's most important to me is like that I'm doing something in the spirit of the song and in the spirit of the artists that I'm working with, and yeah, um, to kind of just blindly throw an idea that I like at something, um you know, like sometimes those videos turn out great where like the, the, the concept of the video doesn't necessarily marry with the, the song or the artist, but there's some beautiful contrast there that works really well. But sure, yeah. Um, a lot of my favorite videos really do tap into um, the sentiment of the song. Like, like to me, like I think the guy who does it best now is Hero. Like you watch his videos and yeah, like... for sure those images that he's creating for those songs are uniquely to those videos. And then anytime you hear that song again, you can't, you can't rip that image out of your head when you hear it, you know, like it, it finds that perfect like marriage between image and sound. And, um, you know, I think to kind of just throw ideas at artists and hope they like them just because it's what you want to make. Like, it's funny. We, um, I talked to AG about that when, when he was on the show and, um, <clears throat> that there's, there is like a, there is some kind of spectrum of like, are you making 
and, and not that there's any like morality, like right or wrong to it. Uh, but like as a director, someone who's pitching, are you making a music video to kind of like, like exercise some, some kind of like artistic bent, like in yourself? And is that okay? Um, or are you doing it for the artist? Like what, like the battle, finding like the balance and maybe it's case by case. I don't really know, but do you feel like you had, it seems like you're kind of more like, um, you want to make something, uh, for the artist, but where do you fall in that spectrum of like, I want to exercise my like, uh, desires as a director and an artist. And I want to also do what's right for the musician as well. Right. I mean, like all my ideas kind of are, are coming from my head, you know? So like all the images, all that is like things that I'm coming up with. Like, I don't think I've done a video since that blue video that I mentioned earlier, that, that was an idea that the artist pitched, but I do think that, um, you know, the, the, like, I feel like I would feel pretty shitty if I, if I made a video that the artist hated, but I felt great, you know, like, cause at the end of the <laughs> yeah. day, like, like, yeah. you know, they, they like, whether we like it or not as filmmakers, they take more ownership in the video than we will because their name is permanently linked to it, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. The people watching it aren't necessarily knowing like the director, you know, like they, they think that the artist created it and that's, that's part right. of the thing is like working with them and, and doing something that they'll be happy with. And, um, you know, like I, I, I still feel confident that I can operate within things and images in my head that, that I'm excited about that also could work for particular artists, you know, like, and that's why yeah. I'm picky with the artists I work with because I want to work with artists that I think the, the, the concepts and the ideas and the imagery in my head applies to, you know? So, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I, I kind of, I don't know. Like I, the other thing too is that music videos, the budgets are so low to like be a total service provider sucks. You know, like that's not that's not the answer yeah. either. Because like, I mean, at, at some point, if you're gonna be investing your own money and like paying money to make videos, like if you're just there to like make somebody else happy, you're just like you're like a you know. You're, you're just like a service provider it's, it's a, for no profit and like losing all this yeah. money and energy and time. And you're also dragging all these other people through it too. Cause like, I don't make these videos on my own. So, yeah. um, you know, like there's a balance there somewhere. Absolutely. And, and I think if you can surround yourself with like me and my, like the DP I've worked with since college and like, honestly, maybe the only dude that I've kind of like, kept working with since film school is this guy named Trevor Weinman, who's a DP and he's shot probably about 80% of everything I've done. And, you know, like we always talk about like, you know, like finding people that are in it for the love of the game, you know, like people that like, just like are down because they, they believe in the idea and they believe in the artist and they're down. But like, yeah, you know, like, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to find people like that. And then once you do, you kind of don't let go. And, and yeah, I don't know because you have to convince them that you know this this video that I'm losing money on that <laughs> you know DP <laughs> is, is stealing equipment from a you know rental house from like all that all that is worthwhile you know and um, yeah yeah there is a balance though because I, I you know again I, I think uh, if the artist does hates the video that you make like I think there's 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 a uh, yeah what's the point uh, yeah yeah exactly all right so what's next for you. Um, right now I, I'm probably going to do another video at the top of the year, um, for an artist that I really like. So I'm excited for that. And then, um, 
I don't know. I, I kind of want to go back into doing some narrative stuff, um, writing shorts and, and trying to kind of figure out a way to maybe, um, make some sort of low budget movie. It would be really cool. But you know, like, again, like I, it's tough for me to commit to those things because every day if something comes through and I get excited about yeah. it, like I kind of, my ADD will let me kind of just like run around <laughs> and like keep, keep making as many things as I can. Um, while yeah. people still believe that I, you know, can do something cool for them. So, um, <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like I, I kind of, I have some ideas for, uh, for some shorts that I want to do and, and, um, you know, hopefully while I'm making some music videos, I can kind of find the time to do those as well. And, and, you know, just keep making stuff. Yeah. All right. Last thing. Um, any piece of advice you would give to, um, younger filmmakers? Oh man. How young? It's <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, cause I get that email a lot, you know, just like kids in film school or kids that are like in high school. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard. Like a lot of the questions is like, you know, how do I get representation or how do I, how, should I go to film school or, you know, like those are the two like big ones. And, um, I don't know, like the, the more I've, I've worked, the more I've realized that a lot of it, um, will always stem from just the work you make on your own, you know? And like, not yeah. be so worried about the validation of other people or other, you know, like the, the industry, quote unquote, like, you know, at the end of the day, like you're going to make the things that, that you're going to make. And like, you're going to, um, in a way there's no like glass ceiling to break. Like if you think there is, it's, it's never like, it's not really how it works. At least for me, it's always been like, you know, I've just slowly started to, to build a network of people that I like making things with. And yeah. all that just stemmed from, you know, making things that I was passionate about in the beginning and like, you know, just, um, not being so concerned with, uh, you know, like hitting these like certain benchmarks that you think you need to hit to, to quote unquote yeah. make it, you know, uh, but, you know, and I, like now, like I talk about this a lot is like, I, you know, before digital cameras and all that, like, I, I don't know if I'd be doing this at all, you know, like I, yeah. you know, yeah. we're, we live in a, such an awesome time that like, you know, we can foreseeably make something in the middle of, you know, nowhere and put it on Vimeo or, or put it out and like, it can kind of catch and find an audience and, you know, that yeah. can start your career. And, you know, like that, there were so many like kind of gatekeepers before. And I, I think a lot of the kids that are like making it now, like they made it on their own terms and like, you know, um, yeah. There's not, there's not a lot of excuses. I'm sure there's, there's still plenty of excuses, but like, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I, I think, uh, you know, it, there's nothing stopping you from making something cool and, 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 uh, uploading it to the internet and like letting that, that do the work for you. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know, man. Perfect. Well, dude, thanks for joining us. Thanks, man. And, Appreciate uh, it. keep making good stuff. <laughs> I'll try. This episode of Good was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to call him, Christian number two. As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs, and you can check out more of his music at CubbySounds.com. Also, this season of Good is produced by our new friend, Mary Taylor, who'd also like to say something. I need a date. To find out more info about today's episode, make sure to go to GoodThePodcast.com. Good.